You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today, the message is entitled Over and Above, Over and Above. And I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. And this is a fresh translation that I've been working on. So yesterday, I started to translate this section of scripture, Romans chapter Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. And so I'm just going to first start reading Uh, verses 31 and 32 in this, uh, in this passage. How should we respond to these things? If God is over us, who can come down on us? God did not hold back his own son, but gave him over for us. Won't he bestow on us all his grace? Amen. So, We're going to talk about that as well as the rest of the passage. And the theme this morning is that great security comes from knowing the extent of God's love for us. Great security comes from knowing the extent of God's love for us. Now, for over two years, we've been shaken. The whole world's been shaken by COVID-19 and this virus and People are weary and worn out, and now Vladimir Putin has raised his monstrous head and arrogantly invaded Ukraine. And uh, this kind of aggression is what started World War I and World War II. And so all of us are uh, are watchful. Um, The world is concerned. And to make matters worse, Putin has over 6,000 nuclear weapons, over 6,000 nuclear weapons. That's the estimate. And he's threatening that if any of the nations come and fight for Ukraine, that he will bring destruction on the world that they've never seen before. So that is his threat. He seems to be threatening nuclear war. And... If he went that route, which we are hoping not, but it would practically destroy the whole world. So this is a time of upheaval. And it's one of the reasons why I felt like we needed to uh, gather online, even though we had the rains pouring here in the wild weather, wild weather in uh, Australia. This is a time of upheaval. So the question is, how do we respond to what's happening in the world right now? How do we respond to what's happening in the world right now? And I believe Romans chapter 8, 31 through 39 contains the answer. So we're going to look at it. And uh, we started off with this verse in which 
Paul says, how should we respond to these things? If God is over us, who can come down on us? God did not hold back his own son, but gave him over for us. Won't he bestow on us all his grace? And uh, often we're used to hearing there. This is a fresh translation that I've been working on. Uh, often where we hear, if God is for us, who can be against us? And that's an accurate way to translate it too. But there's something I'm trying to bring out here in the original that can be lost in translation by saying, if God is over us, who can come down on us? Because that's uh, one of the ways the Greek can be translated. When Paul wrote Romans, it was between 57 to 58 AD. And Emperor Nero was in power. Uh, Emperor Nero was in power from 54 to 68 AD. And worldhistory.org says that Nero's 14-year reign represents everything decadent about that period in Roman history. He was self-indulgent, cruel, violent, as well as a cross-dressing exhibitionist. His lavish parties combined with the burning of Rome continued the economic chaos that had plagued this Roman, Roman citizenry since the days of Tiberius. So he was someone that was known for chaos. This is Nero, and this is the time that Paul is writing into. He was known for burning Rome. He was known for his extravagance, for his selfish indulgence, his sexual immorality. That's uh, the way Nero was. And so it was in this time that Paul asked the question, how should we, how should we respond to these things? What should we say to these things? And I'm sure that Paul had that question asked to him by fellow Christians uh, over and over again. How, how should we respond to everything that's happening in the world? How should we respond to the chaos? How should we respond to this man who is hostile against Christians? How should we respond to these things? And this is a critical question. Uh, it's an inquiry we should make over and over again. How should we respond to these things? And asking the difficult questions is part of what it means to be an authentic Christian. We don't live in a fantasy world. We live in this world, a fallen world, a sinful world. And we ask these questions uh, to discover what God wants to say and do in our time. So how does Paul answer this question? Paul answers the question of how we should respond with a series of questions. Uh, and these series of questions get us thinking. They get us uh, thinking and meditating on who God is and what he has done for us, and who he is to us. And Paul's goal is, and this is the Holy Spirit's goal too, is to get us thinking about things above, not things below. So all of these troubles, uh, and all these difficulties, all this pressure can get us focused on things below rather than things above. And what Paul is aiming to do here through this passage is get us to lift up our heads and to think about 
things above and not things below. And it talks about that in Colossians chapter three, verse two, that we're to think about things above and not things below. And that means that, that doesn't mean we ignore what's below, but it means we bring heaven's perspective to what's happening down here below. So yesterday, the Lord led me to this whole section of uh, Romans chapter 8, 31 through 39. And it was a passage that in September of 2021, last year, the Lord put on my heart. And I did a little short video on it. But this time, I, I went a bit deeper into it. And uh, as I said before, I made a fresh translation of this passage. I'm going to see if I can share the screen on what I did. Uh, what it looks like. Uh, I'm going through through here. Well, I'll just share this this part. Oh, I don't know if we can. Oh, trying to share, trying to share. Can oh, there it was, and <laughs> now it's gone. Can you guys might not be able to see that, but if you go to BrisbaneFire.com, the infographics afterwards, you'll be able to see this uh, fresh translation you may not be able to see it all i can't see it myself but seems like they can yeah they can but i can uh but here where, where are we here there we go so i'm just going to unshare it now but you can go to um you can go to brisbanefire.com and download it from the infographics part later on afterwards what happened when I was reading this and uh, and translating it is it caused me to think about it critically and to slow down. Uh, it also showed me some things that I didn't realize were in the passage. In Romans chapter 8, 31 through 39, Paul often uses the word huper. Huper, and huper means over, above, or for, over, above, or for. And Paul seems to use the Greek word huper in word plays. We often see these kinds of word plays in the Hebrew scriptures, and it seems like this is what he's doing as he's uh, writing this section of Romans. Now, our words super and hyper come from huper. So our word super comes from the Greek huper. Our word hyper also comes from the Greek word huper. Now, simply put, Paul is saying that God is over the chaos and the troubles. And that's the first point I've been making here. The first point of this, even though it's taken me some time to say it, is that God is over the chaos. So the first point is God is over the chaos. And this is what Paul is saying through this passage. Simply put, Paul is saying that God is over the chaos and troubles. And it's demonstrated in Jesus' resurrection from the dead and ascension to the right hand of God. Jesus is at the highest place. Over and above all. Jesus is at the highest place over and above all. And so again, God is over the chaos. And this is what we need to remember at this moment in history. The second point is this. 
And there's three points here. Don't let the world's upheaval pull you down. Don't let the world's upheaval pull you down. Don't let the world's trouble and chaos pull you down, bring you down. So now I'll read Romans chapter 8, 33 through 37. Again, from this translation I've been doing. Who can accuse God's chosen? God declares us righteous. Who can condemn us? The Messiah sunk down into death for our sin. But that was not the end. He was raised and is at the right hand of God. Now he intercedes over us, pleading our case. How can we be cut off from the Messiah's love? Will crushing pressure and stress from all sides separate us from his love? What about persecution, hunger, and lack of decent clothes? How about danger, war, even execution? Just like it is written in Psalm 44, 22, on account of you, we are put to death all day, counted as sheep for the slaughter. No, none of this opposition overwhelms us. In all these things, we overcomingly conquer through the one who loves us. And so what we see Paul doing here is in, in that, uh, the, the initial question is, how do we respond to these to these things, what should we say to these things? Well, he answers the question with a series of questions that should get us thinking about who God is and what he's done for us. And they're thought-provoking questions. Like I just read, who can accuse God's chosen? Uh, God declares us righteous. Who can condemn us? And then how can we be cut off from the Messiah's love? And then questions like, will crushing pressure and stress from all sides separate us from his love? What about persecution, hunger, lack of decent clothes? How about danger, war, even execution? And the answer to all these uh, questions is no, uh, none of this opposition overwhelms us. Because in all these things, in all these things, through all these things, we overcomingly conquer through the one who loves us. So Paul invites us to think about all the worst things that can happen. And why? Because these are things that Christians can go through. And we have to watch out that we don't think that if there is an absence of material blessings, that God doesn't love us and we're not blessed. And this is the thing that happens often with Christians is we, if we don't have decent clothes, if there's trouble going on, if there's war going on, if there's persecution, if things are not going our way, we think, hey, God's left us. This is not his blessing. But we have to understand that we are deeply blessed as believers because of what Jesus has done for us and who Jesus is, is in us. Jesus is in us. We are in God we have this intimate relationship with God that nobody, nobody can take away. And so just be one second here. And so uh, we are blessed even if terrible things happen. Now, we don't want terrible things to happen. We pray for God's help and deliverance. But let us not think that if we don't see these material blessings, these outward blessings, that God has not blessed us. God has blessed us. He is blessing us, and he will bless us. And it's beyond just uh, 
decent clothing. What we go through does not negate God's love. What we go through and what the world goes through does not negate God's love. Now, I used to say, I'm not a Superman. I'm not a Superman. But after reading this passage, I think I was wrong. Because Paul says, in describing who we are, it uses that word, and then nikao. And huper, you know, is like super or abundant, over, above. And then the ka'o is, as many of you know, conquer, uh, conquering. And so it's saying we overwhelmingly conquer or overcomingly conquer. We're super conquerors. How are we super conquerors? We're super conquerors through him who loved us. And it's through his love. So this passage is teaching us that as Christians in Christ, we are supermen and superwomen. We are not like the people of this world. We are not average, ordinary people. We are super conquerors, overcomers. We overcome obstacles, difficulties, and whatever the trouble is, even if it was execution and death. And even if they were leading us like sheep to the slaughter, we overcome. That's who we are as believers. And so our minds need to be fixed and renewed with what the scripture says about us and who we are as believers, not thinking in old ways, but thinking in new ways because of all that Christ has done for us. So uh, this passage this passage teaches us that we don't allow opposition to overwhelm us. Now, I've felt before uh, overwhelmed by opposition. I'm sure you felt overwhelmed by opposition, but we do not let, uh, as Christians, we should not let, we should not let, and we will not let this opposition overwhelm us. We overcomingly conquer. We rise above the crushing pressure and the stress from all sides. We, that's kind of that's the picture of the Greek is this crushing pressure, this being squeezed from all sides. And yet, in all these things, we rise above it. We nikao, we conquer. But and then Paul explains how we do this. We do this through the one who loves us. We do this through the one who loves us. This is how it's possible. And this is why being connected to Jesus in a real and intimate way is critical. It can't be just head knowledge anymore. It can't be just religion or just trying to do lots of activity. It has got to be that real intimate connection with Jesus, us abiding, us abiding in the vine, actually drawing our strength and life from a dynamic relationship with him. And so in this time, it has to be this, um, this type of relationship is the only way we are going to be fruitful. So this leads, me, this leads me to the third and last point. And thanks for listening and being with us. So number three is be convinced, be convinced and completely confident of God's love in Jesus. Be convinced 
and completely confident of God's love in Jesus. So now let me read the end part of Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. Uh, We are convinced. Yes, we are completely confident. Why? Because neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, neither current events nor impending threats, neither proud adversaries nor deep rivalries, neither any other created thing has the power to remove us from God's love in the Messiah, Jesus our Lord. I'm going to say this again. We are convinced. Yes, we are completely confident. Why? Because neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, neither current events nor impending threats, neither proud adversaries nor deep rivalries, neither any other thing created has the power to remove us from God's love in the Messiah, Jesus, our Lord. So through being, amen and amen, through being rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus, we overcome. And this is something we need to be convinced of and totally confident in. And that is Jesus' love. And so our minds need to constantly be lifted up and thinking about this love and this love that we have in Jesus, in the Messiah. Nothing can separate us, sever us, or cut us off from God's love. Nothing. Nothing that Putin does. Nothing that the floods do. Nothing that the government will do. Christians have become very fearful of the government. But we should not be fearful of the government. We should fear the Lord. Uh, And we should honor the Lord. Um, But nothing, nothing that Nero could do back in the book of Romans, nothing can separate us. Nothing can remove us from the love of God that's in Jesus Christ. So nothing can separate us, sever us, or cut us off from God's love, though we ourselves can choose to not experience it. We can choose to run from it. Of course, it chases after us, like Jonah is running from the presence of God, but God is chasing after him. Everything is going wrong as God chases after Jonah while he runs from the presence of God. That's how the father is. He'll run after you. The shepherd will come after you. Um, But yeah, you can try to remove yourself, but it is uh, going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be impossible. Um, But if you're running away, hey, you're missing, you're missing out on that experience of God's love that you need and that gives you strength in this time. So we can't allow anything to veer us off from this course of God's love. Not Putin, not COVID-19, and definitely not immature Christians. Because immature Christians sometimes can be offended, be upset, get distracted. All of a sudden, Jesus is not the main thing. It's their theories, philosophies, ideologies that end up being the main thing, but not Jesus And we cannot allow immature Christians, the the stuff that's happening in the church, the YouTube prophets, and all those kinds of things to veer off the course of Jesus' love. Because we are meant to know that love, and we're meant to share that love with others. And this is how we overcome. 
This is how we overcome. So in Jesus, you are over and above all the distress and opposition. And this is what we need to constantly uh, be reminded of. In Jesus, you are over and above. And so this is the imagery in this passage that things come down upon us. Things are trying to oppress us, but we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are with Christ who is over and above all these things. And so if God is over us, who can come down on us? They can't because they're down here and we are over them in Christ. And the love of God is over everything. So this is the thing we need to continually remember. And so this is bringing me to the end. Uh, the conclusion is remember that one God is over the chaos. Two, don't let the world's upheaval pull you down. And, and three, the third thing is be convinced and completely confident of God's love in Jesus. So I'll read that first two verses again, and then we'll pray. How should we respond to these things? If God is over us, who can come down on us? God did not hold back his own son, but gave him over for us. Won't he bestow on us all his grace? And that's what I want to pray right now, that the Lord just bestows on us all his grace. If he didn't hold back his own son, he will give us every good thing. He will give us himself to empower us this time. So this is a time for the church to rise up. We need to be the light. We can't be sleeping anymore. Uh, the times are too desperate. We don't know what's going to happen from one day to another. And this is the time for us to arise, to awaken, to be the people of God. All of that good deposit that God has put in you over the years, this is the time to share it and to, to give it away. It's time to stand strong. Uh, Daniel Hang showed me a great picture. Uh, I'm not able to put, up, put it up on the screen now, but it's of a soldier and he's got his shield and he's got the shield of faith and he's, he, he's there and he's holding it up against all the fiery darts that are coming, all the enemies, schemes that are coming and he's holding up strong the shield of faith. So, Father, that's what I want to pray right now, that we as God's people would be fully armed, that we would be uh, armed and we would have the armor of God on, that we would be holding up the shield of faith, not allowing the fiery darts of the enemy, the fire that he's throwing at us to pull us down. That we, would relieve, that we would realize that your armor is invincible. Nothing to, can get through that belt of truth, that uh, breastplate of righteousness, those boots of the gospel of peace, that helmet of salvation, that shield of faith, that sword of the spirit, which is your word. Nothing can get through that. So, Lord, as God's army, and we're praying that God's army would arise and stand strong and that you would bestow upon us all of your grace to match the evil that's in this world, to match the sin that's in this world. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And so we are praying for the abundance 
the huper of grace, the abundance, the over and above power of grace to rise above these things, to not let these things trouble our mind, to be strong in prayer. And we're praying for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters and missionaries. And I remember my church, Abundant Life Christian Fellowship, would often send people to the Ukraine to preach the gospel and help people there. And I'm sure that many people from Australia went to Ukraine, too, to preach the gospel as doors opened for the gospel there in the 90s. And we're praying that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in Ukraine and that the enemies, the enemies of God would be overthrown in the name of Jesus we're asking, Father, for your abundance of grace on Australia during this time and for the good deposit that you have put in us, not to be stolen, but to really spring up right now, to spring up. And there would be a great number of salvations in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well.